The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number 47, take two for April 10th, 2006. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac and Preservers, Mac Geep Gab. Wow, I can't Geep, talk today. Geep. I'm talking like my son. Holy smokes. Uh, Who were we with him? We were the Gat Geek Gab. Yeah, that's right. I don't like that. Uh, this Bell's palsy comes and goes, and every now and then it hits me in a weird way. And I think then was just one of those things. But thankfully, I had a CAT scan on Friday, so that should tell him nothing. Mm. So, uh, you know, we were going to talk a lot about cable modems and DSL and even did a nice interview with Ray this week to uh, to talk about a couple of different things. And then Apple, of course, released Boot Camp, which if you haven't heard, and I'm sure you have, is Apple's dual booting solution for Windows on the Intel-based Macs, which will steal Rogue Amoeba's uh, acronym for that or uh, abbreviation for that, which, of course, is ICBM, Intel chip-based Macintosh. Boom. Boom. That's right. <laughs> you know, and and a lot of people have been treating this. And John, John of course, was, was on Ricky Spiro's uh, Mac Observer Weekly Roundup podcast this past weekend. And, and if you didn't hear it, you should have. And if you haven't, you'll go listen to it next because that's how yeah. it works. That's right. You should actually pause this now. That's right. Go listen go to listen. that <laughs> and then come back. In fact, why don't we just insert the whole thing here? No, 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 no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and... Anyway. Uh, and people are treating this like it's the second coming here. And it is the second coming because this is the second time Apple's let you do this. In fact, the first time. Do tell. Well, the first time you could do this, you actually had two chips in your Mac and you could switch back and forth between host operating systems and they could both be running at the same time. Do you remember what I'm talking about here, John? Yeah, and I'm trying to think. It was a 6100, I think, was the machine. Yeah, 6100 PC or something. Or DOS, that's it. Yeah, yeah. A DOS version. And I remember there was a uh, Intel coprocessor. And I think back then, are they still around Orange Micro? But at one point, they made yep. uh, Orange 286 and all that fun stuff there. So there was a, a time there where, yeah, you could, with the addition of hardware, run Windows or DOS or whatever in a you know pretty decent fashion. Yeah, and uh, and everybody you know made a semi big deal out of that but nothing near what they're making out of uh out of this thing here well i tried uh i tried boot camp on the macbook pro this week and uh so we'll talk about that and i also there was tried... one effect there was one effect i noticed which which effect was that it was the the stock goes up and i'm happy effect. <laughs> well there's that yeah that's right john uh, i believe john is still an apple stockholder Yes, everybody so, was, all the analysts were just jumping up and down over that, I think, because it, 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 I could see no other reason for it to, to go that high. Mm-hmm. Back to you. Oh, it doesn't matter. We can throw it back to you. In fact, let's throw it to them. What do they have to say? <laughs> oh, wait, we can't hear them. Don't uh, throw things at our listeners. <laughs> it's rude. You may do that in your band, man. Yeah, that's right. We do, we do do that. It keeps them from throwing things at us, right? We figure if we're preemptive about it. Preemptive. <laughs> Got to hit him with a preemptive strike right out of the gate before the first song. You just throw gonna, like a bunch of stop. nails at him or something. Yeah, I could go on a political tangent, but we won't do that. 
Oh, uh, yeah, probably not. Wrong show. Right. Wrong show. In fact, it's the wrong show for a lot of what we just talked about. But anyway, uh, back to... So you installed it. Pretty I did. I did. And I... I easy. Yeah, it, it it wasn't as easy as it should have been, but a lot of that has nothing to do with boot camp. So uh, I, what you do for boot camp is you... There's a couple of things. First, you update to 10.4.6, right? Then, then you have to download Apple's firmware updater for your... Uh, model of Mac, which for me went fine. And then you download the bootcamp beta installer and you run this little app. And this app is cool. The first thing it does is it makes you create a CD or DVD uh, for drivers that you're going to need once windows is up and running. So you, you create this CD and then the next thing you do is partition your disc. And Apple makes this so darn simple that you don't know as a the, the lay user would never know how slick this thing is and it is slick it's slicker than a mouse's ear okay all you all you do have you run this you haven't seen this yet have you john the the partitioner or did you actually i have i saw a video of the install process okay. and and yeah it's unique somewhat you know advanced in partitioning yeah so you got utilities yeah, you've got all your stuff on your Mac volume, and as long as you've got a minimum of 5 gigs free, or 10 gigs free, I guess is, is what they said, uh, you, you just run this thing, and you drag a little slider across, and you have to, have a, you have to assign a minimum of 5 gigs to your, to your Windows partition, but you can ex- assign more, and you just tell it, okay, yeah, I want to give it, and I told it 5, because I figured that'd be fine, and you tell it 5 gigs, and you just hit a button, and it, like magic, literally like magic, it goes and moves things around, shuffles things as it needs to, and creates this five gig partition. I I, I want to buy that because there's tons of times where I've had either clients or or myself wanting to oh you know I wish I could chunk off a a, a piece of this drive and and then you just do it. It's like magic. I don't know of any software for the Mac that's that good at partitioning things without non destructive partitioning. It does not destroy what's on your Mac volume. So. Or at least it doesn't in theory, yeah. right? I think there's actually, um, I don't have it in front of me now, but I thought there was actually a, a command line equivalent, which may have been installed with one of the updates, but it lets really? you do non-destructive uh, partition resizing. I mean, I know they have stuff on the PC side. I mean, yeah. partition magic is one thing that Ghost I've seen. And, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't think, I think the Apple utility is still destructive. I haven't looked at it lately. Okay, okay. This utility, do you know? I don't know. I, I, I was not Maybe aware. it lets you do it too. There you go. Well, you try it and okay. let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, let me let me try it right now while we're doing this. Let's see what happens. So anyway, it does it, and and then once you're done, if you decide you don't want Windows anymore, it'll actually undo it. So I'm wondering if you could use this to just partition your drive without doing the Windows install. But anyway, you get you do the partition thing, and of course, before it partitions the drive, it it does a verify on it. And for me, it found some problems, so I had to reboot from the CD that came with my my MacBook and. And repair and fix some things with disk utility and then back in and do, do the partition. And then that worked. And then basically the next step is, go, okay, boot the Windows installer. And, of course, you need to provide your own Windows CD. That gets a little tricky, and, and there have been a lot of reports online about it, um, only because two things. One, the Windows, I had a volume license kit CD from Windows that would not install. It started to and, and died halfway through. And now I realize it may have been the media because I went out this morning and by nine o'clock I had committed the ultimate sin. <sighs> yep. I went to Staples no. and I bought a, a full install copy no. 
I spent 170 bucks of well of TMO's money and uh, and 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 bought a, a full install of Windows XP Home Edition and was back here and it started to install but it wouldn't and and mm-hmm. it just didn't sound right so I had to go and put I, I put it in the iMac burned a new cop made a, a CD copy of the Windows install CD and then it worked fine and afterwards found a, a posting on Mac fix it saying that other people had, had, had found the same thing that their MacBooks wouldn't hmm. wouldn't boot from the the Windows uh, XP home CD so once uh, I yeah, once I w- go ahead yeah one thing because um, I've also under some emulators which we maybe talk about in a bit but um, that there are also windows copies that are keyed and i think maybe that was what you were saying you had an oem version i ran into the same thing it was uh you know uh one that was bundled with a specific computer sure. those don't install on general hardware that's or at right. least this did not no um, a, a lot of this stuff if you get a, a copy of windows with your dell it's not going to install on your macbook chances are yeah so you yeah. know commit the the ultimate uh <laughs> the ultimate sin uh, <laughs> and and just just yeah get a get a boxed version um yeah. Like we we have the MSDN version, the uh, developer. There you go. Yeah. Which actually, that's a good program if you're interested in Microsoft at all. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft's um, actually real good about that stuff. Now, did you see also? There's a little tangent, but I I think some people may. Uh, did you see that that uh, Intel released some uh, developers tools? Really, I did not for see OS that. X10 that work under uh, Xcode. I think there's a oh. Fortran, there's a, a C plus um, plus. I mean, go figure. Now that you know it's a Intel chip, I mean they they have a lot of tools. So uh, that's great. We'll see if we can link to something about that, but that, okay. that's really neat because it looks like you know the developer, you know, tool uh, tools are growing, yep. which is a, a very good thing. So yeah, so once I went through the hokey pokey of getting the disc right, I it just it once it boots, it's 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 a you know it's an Intel machine running Windows, and I made it through the install process. It went very very quickly. It you know it was noticeable that I was running Windows on very fast hardware. Uh, hmm. And so once Windows was up, you uh, you then uh, then reboot and put in the the CD that you created at the first step of the process, uh-huh. and and it, it auto launches and goes through and installs drivers for things like Airport and Bluetooth and the right drivers for the video card, which which very interestingly enough are uh, look like they were developed by ATI. Which might mean that ATI uh-huh. was was involved in in this uh, and knew about it, you know, before it before it made the the light of day. Oh, definitely. The, the, yeah. I actually was uh, when we were at uh, MacWorld there chatting with uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh, ATI guys, and yeah, he indicated that the switch uh, made their life uh, a little easier. I bet. Now they have to target one <laughs> processor yeah. instead of two. That's right. Especially for the integrated chipset. So, uh, yeah, oh, they, uh, right. yeah. yeah, I'm sure they were involved early, uh, especially after that past, uh, you know, little oops. They did yeah, that's right. So uh, w- what John's referring to, of course, is the thing where ATI announced that their chips would be in or their cards would be in a forthcoming Macintosh model that had not been announced. This was prior to a, a Macworld show a couple of years ago, and Apple pulled it. Oops. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, and then that was that. Then once it once it was up and running, I, uh, I you know, I played with some stuff, and it, it, it sees it as a, a dual-core machine. It basically is just Windows running on Intel hardware. It just so happens that it is made by Apple. Huh. Um, now, what's your visibility into 
if any, to the the, the Mac uh, partition. You don't. You don't. Can you see have, it at all? No. You, you could see it during the install, and and Apple's very clear about this. When when you're installing Windows, it shows actually four four places that it could put Windows. Three of them are labeled, and one of them is not, and they're labeled C, E, and F, I believe. And uh, and then there's a, a fourth one that's just unpartitioned space. It, it makes it very clear in the boot camp inst- installation instructions that it has to be installed on C. And if you look, uh-huh. you can see the sizes, and it, it's not that difficult to discern that, yeah, okay, if I put it there, that's going to go ahead and wipe out my Mac stuff, and, you know, let's just not do that. Um, uh-huh. So it, but it worked fine. I put it on C. I chose to format it in the FAT FAT format, which because it's bigger than two gigs actually becomes FAT thirty two, uh, as opposed to NTFS. And there's some inherent differences between the two. NTFS has a whole lot more security and that sort of thing. However, yeah. OS OS ten natively will only read NTFS and not write it, whereas FAT it will read and write. When you boot yeah. back up to the Mac side. Your Windows Drive mounts, so if you if you had formatted it as FAT, you can go back and forth and and you know write things to your Windows Drive or copy things to it, and and that works just fine. So uh, I highly recommend if you're going to do this that you do it as a FAT partition for that reason mm-hmm. alone. Now my coworker who did this also did did uh, did all the drivers and everything work as expected because he was having. Um he wasn't able to get the wireless to work under the uh, Windows environment. Did he install uh, Windows that was a Service Pack two or a Service Pack one? Uh, as far as I know, it was SP two. I don't. I okay. don't think it'll let you install. It, it the, will. Well, they tell you it has to be SP two. No, oh, let it, you do SP one. It will do SP one. I thought that was my problem with the volume license kit. As it, as it, like I said, as it turned out, there was an issue with the with the media. It will let you install SP one, but there are a lot of things that won't work. Yeah, and, yeah. And the folks that have done it say, look, you know, go get SP2 right away and, and install it on there. Of course, the problem is one of the things that doesn't necessarily work under SP1 is your networking. So you've got to go and download SP2 on the Mac side, which you can. If you search for Windows, Microsoft's got a place for, I think they call it their place for IT professionals, and you can actually download the full installer for Service Pack 2 and, uh, and pull that around. So Excellent. And then, hey, of course, once you do that, you... Better get that antivirus software was, out there was, right away because I was we're just talking say, yep. Windows folks. The first thing I did was I installed Microsoft's Defender, which is Microsoft's anti-spyware app that they bought and sort of pulled in-house. That works really, really well for pulling spyware. I, I should I should take a moment here and uh, and divulge a, a, a dirty little secret. Dirty. <laughs> it is a dirty little secret. That is, for the last, uh, I don't know... 15 years i have been one of the most sought after windows consultants on the planet um and and i've sort of tapered that off in the last couple of couple of years but uh but but and i I know it sounds egotistical to say but i'll say it anyway i'm probably one of the best windows guys on the on the planet as far as troubleshooting goes and and have actually made a lot of money doing that and that's uh but like i said i got out of that business and now we're doing the tmo thing and backbeat media and all that but uh planet I, huh. I, I, I'd stand up and say that, yeah. yeah. I'm in awe. You should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> On so many levels. <laughs> but uh, right, maybe go. that's a little bit of a stretch, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty darn good. So uh, 
Uh, and and I've found that, that that Windows Defender has has worked very well at at uh, at keeping machines spyware free. So that and Norton antivirus has always been my favorite. Do not if you're going to do this, you know, you, you definitely want those two things, but you do not want to get Norton Internet Security because that thing will do far more to your machine than you ever wanted it to. It gets in the way way too much. You just want Norton Antivirus and Windows Defender, and you're good to go. Just keep them updated. Windows Defender is free. Norton Antivirus is not, but well worth the uh, the price of admission. So, yeah, because if you're on a you know a shared uh, network, whatever any high speed yeah. network, if if you leave your machine sitting there, guaranteed you're uh, you're going to pick something up. In, oh, without uh, question. Could yeah. be minutes or hours, but it, it'll happen. And then you're Maybe to days, a... but you won't need to wait a week. That's right. Uh, so there were a couple of things that, that were interesting about this. Um, one was that all the Apple documentation said the eyesight camera in the MacBook Pro doesn't work. I thought, okay, cool. fine. And, I, and when I opened up the My Computer icon in Windows, I saw a USB camera, and I thought, oh, yeah, you know, maybe it does work. I double-clicked on it, and kernel panicked. Blue screen of death. So if you have been waiting all your life to see this blue screen of death that uh, that you hear about on the Windows side, that's pretty much one guaranteed way of getting there. Uh, and I tried it a couple times, and both, both times it, it hit that. The other is that on the MacBook, there's no right mouse button on the... Uh, on the mouse and windows makes a lot of use of the right mouse button. There's a piece of software and I want to make sure I get the name right. So I'm going to pull it up in front of me here. piece of software called the Apple mouse utility. And we'll link to it that lets you control click and make that a right click in windows. So definitely a a good piece of software to have. I'm sure Apple will address that in some future release of bootcamp, but for now, now will it, will it, recognize a multi-button mouse absolutely i once when i did the install i unplugged everything except power from my macbook because i didn't want anything messing with i know how windows is when it you know when you install stuff it sees something that it doesn't know what it is and it just freaks out so well that's just how it is right you've done it so usually i I have a disc around but if you don't yeah it could uh i i wanted to give it a a true test i didn't i didn't want to you know beat on the poor thing before it was ready. So I got it up and running. I got, you know, all my spyware stuff and antivirus on there. I ran some tests and then I plugged it into everything else. As far as the hardware goes, it works great. When you close the lid on the Mac, it goes to sleep. When you open the lid, it wakes back up. It, you know, it, there's, there's no, it, it's not like the, the emulators of, of, of yesteryear. It's, it's, it's not doing anything weird. It's just running windows. So, uh, but I did notice that I plugged it into the cinema display. I had to go in and uh, into the display preferences and tell it not to mirror because the first thing it did was it just mirrored my my desktop from the from the laptop onto the cinema display. But I was able to eventually navigate through the ATI controls and and make the dual screen setup, and it worked great. It, just no problem at all. Wow. Uh, so did you did you? Play any games because Windows is really good for playing games. I, I haven't yet played any <laughs> games. I, I only was able to. I started this last night, and that's when the the disc didn't work. So uh, I was only able to get it going this morning. And I also wanted to check out Parallels, which is this other thing that came out last week. So no, I have not played any games. Um, one that's other, all Windows is really good for. That's right. Well, one other thing I wanted to to mention is that many times in the Windows environment, you'll need to hit Control Alt Delete. 
not necessarily to reboot your Mac, but to access the task manager in Windows or log in or log out if you're on a network environment. The delete key on the MacBook Pro is mapped to backspace in Windows. So Control-Alt-Delete will not work. If you have a full-size keyboard and you actually hit the delete key as opposed to the, the forward delete key, that'll work. Uh, but Control-Shift-Escape on the MacBook will do the same thing as Control-Alt-Delete. So for those of you out there that are doing that, that's good to know. Right? Speaking of the keyboard, do we want to speak of the keyboard? The keyboard? Sure. You can speak of the keyboard. It's this so, gray uh, thing with letter... Oh, no. <laughs> so who did we get a note from about a keyboard? Mm-mm-mm. Let's stay on topic here. We'll get to that at the end. Yeah, I don't want right. to jump too far off at tangents here. Um, but we are pretty much wrapped up with... with um, with boot camp, I, I can only see this getting easier, and it wasn't difficult to begin with, right? It, it's going to get easier. Um, the, uh, the the install, I, I think, eventually, it's going to be running in a in what they call a virtualized mode, where you've got Mac OS X and Windows running at the same time. And and there are two companies out there, two products out there that, in the mainstream anyway, that are doing this. Of course, virtual PC was the the prior way of doing this. John and I were talking about virtual PC earlier today and had very mixed results. Uh, you hated slow. it, right? <laughs> well, on the PowerBook, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's it's mostly window updates and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if I got the wrong video drivers or what. I mean, I even put it in sixteen bit instead of. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it. It's pretty pokey. I mean, it it works. You know, I can surf and things like that. It sees the network. Um, so I don't know. There's something weird with my install on my dual G five, uh, two gigahertz. Uh, it's quite acceptable okay okay i i always ran it on my powerbook and never had an issue i basically only ran it to use pc anywhere to log into a couple of computers that i needed to get to um pc anywhere being a remote desktop control software but uh it, for me it, it worked fine it it wasn't blazingly fast but uh but it wasn't horrible and it, and it gets the job done and if you're on a power pc based mac it is the most integrated solution available it you know the, the whole you can drag files in and out they, they've really done a nice job sort of tying the whole thing together so i, I still highly recommend that if uh, as the basically the only workable solution on a uh, on a power pc based mac mm-hmm. of course and the sharing it, it does that well too yeah. is that you can have a shared folder between the environments so that makes yeah. it real handy to uh move data back and forth if you need to yeah absolutely so uh, but on the but virtual PC doesn't run on the Intel Macs yet. It will not run in Rosetta. So la- last week or the week before, we talked about the solution uh, from OpenOS10.com, and that works fairly well in a uh, what they call a virtualized mode or a windowed mode. But uh, this week, and 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 I think the reason they got a lot of press was simply because they timed their release with with that of Bootcamp. And I don't know if they knew this, but a company released a product called Parallels which we'll link to in the show notes, which basically does the same thing. You can download it for free. Uh, Open OS 10, you've got to pay the, I think it's 30 bucks or 35 bucks. Parallels is free for 30 days, and then it's going to be 50 bucks. And the installer's a little bit slicker than the one from Open OS 10. It's still not perfect. It does some weird things with the mouse, but it, it gets it done, and it lets you run Windows inside while your Mac OS is also running. It just runs it in a window like a virtual PC did. Honestly, for me, that's a much more preferable solution. Um, but 
it doesn't there are things it doesn't do boot camp will let me see my dvd burner as a dvd burner and will actually let me burn dvds to it presumably parallels and open os 10 the emulators they use do not let you do that sort of thing um, they only see it as a cd drive there are hardware limitations there of course with apple supporting boot camp the drivers over there are only going to get better and better so there you go what do you think john Something on the uh, VMware on the PC side that I think is something similar. Okay. So, uh, so it is nice to see the. Uh, yeah, I, th- well, I the think the emulators. I, I think, think that's rumored to, that's going to be built in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, parallels. You, I think parallels will run on based. on a Windows machine, I think too. That'd be interesting to run parallels on a uh, on a MacBook running, you know, boot camped Windows XP. Be an interesting way to test it, huh? Get that. Get that that circular reference there. <laughs> but it's a but hey i I think this whole thing is you know pretty much uh you know at least the boot camp thing is a nice way to kind of sneak a uh a mac into an otherwise uh windows environment just to try it out yeah yeah i i mean i i again i don't think it's it's gonna change the world but you know it may change apple's market share it may add a percent to their market share right eventually uh, and that's not maybe a maybe another thing. halo effect it could be, yes, it could just add to the halo effect. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, we are not going to dig too deep into the cable versus DSL thing. In fact, we're going to take this interview that, that, uh, that we did earlier this week, and I'm going to release it as a separate show. We'll just put it together. You should, you should see it in another day or two here. I don't want to make it wait till next week, but uh, we'll just release it as a separate show, and then we've got some uh, bits and pieces of that conversation to kept, catch up with ne- next week. Um, we do have a couple of things to talk about here uh, from previous shows, and I'm looking here because this is also crazy. You know, I had asked about a uh, last week. I'd asked about a, a piece of software, or I'd, I'd talked about the location manager from OS nine, and what it used to do was let you not just set your network settings, which is what OS ten's location in the Apple menu does. But it used to set your time zone and network shares and all that. Well, I talked about it last week, and somebody posted in the comments at the Mac, at the Mac Observer, uh, at the Mac Geek Gab site there. And sure enough, there's a piece of software called Location X, and it does all that good stuff, uh, but this time with OS X. Now, I don't, I, near as I could tell, it's not a universal binary, but that really may not matter. It's, it's not something that's running all the time. It's just, check, it's just changing settings and... And going back around it'll even run a shell script for you so if there's stuff that it won't do but you want to make it do yeah uh, you can just you know at the flick of a switch it it does it all so thank you to uh to whomever it was that posted that over at the tmo forums in the comments there what else do we have john you wanted to talk about the keyboard didn't you i want to talk about the keyboard talk to me about the keyboard <laughs> I think we were mentioning this last week. Did I introduce you? This is the well-oiled John Braun with us, ladies and gentlemen. Well-oiled. Not at the moment. No, huh? I will be later. (laughs) That was one Uh, one of our listeners sent that in as a a great introduction for you. uh, Well-oiled. (laughs) Well-oiled. I was mentioning this last week about, you know, keyboard uh, navigation, right? I think you or I or somebody. Yeah talking about that yep. and actually yeah my uh the, the co-worker who has the uh the new portable was going on about that oh there's nothing you know 
because Windows, I mean, definitely uh, is uh, much more approachable from a, a keyboard yep. uh, angle. <clears throat> but apparently they've added this, and I uh, neither you or I knew about it. But there are a couple of things that they build in. I think what you do have to do is they'll go to the uh, keyboard and mouse uh, system preference, and I think you want to say, is it universal access or all you, you access? Turn on, yeah, I believe it's universal access. Let me, yep. let me bring up the... Uh, it up here in a moment so yeah the, the the question was from a listener how do i make the keyboard fully control my system sans mouse a la windows and frankly windows i think windows is still better at this than than the mac but there's more to it than than we uh than we had originally realized yeah so here it is okay full keyboard access on the bottom there and you want to yep. and uh what you probably want to do is say all controls but then uh the two quick ones that you can do, and both you and I verified this. So, so if just, you do, just, to, uh, just to back up a little bit, this is the keyboard and mouse preference pane and system preferences, and then you go to the keyboard shortcuts tab in there, and and the options John's talking about for full keyboard access are at the bottom. Thank you, brother. You got it. I'm here to crystallize your thoughts. <laughs> You're here for me. Thank you. All right. Um, and then the, the two of the quickies, so one I believe it's function control F2. If you're on a... Uh, if you're on a laptop. Uh, portable or a laptop, yeah, you got to hold down function. So function control 2 brings up, it, it lights up the Apple menu. And then if you go right and left with the arrow keys, it scrolls through the menus. And then if you go up and down it, so guess what? You can pretty much totally use the keyboard. Yep. And uh, similar things apply to like dialogue, uh, you know, boxes where you have OK and, uh, um, you know, that's why you want to choose all controls, I believe, is so you can... Right get buttons and other things like that and uh i don't have off the top of my head i think is it tab or, or uh, shift tab but now you know how, how do you remember all that stuff there and that's another you know uh, yeah good question tip here i wanted to offer is and this is also a question of uh that i get from new owners you know how do i find out these keyboard shortcuts well when you're in the finder you go to the help menu mac help and you type keyboard shortcut and there you go it'll give you i mean it's it's still kind of scattered around sometimes i don't know the help i think is it, you know the, almost the seems quality like an depends on yeah yeah but it does eventually like here they have you know using the keyboard to perform certain actions and they do rank the uh uh importance or, or you know how closely they think it, it meets your request but if you do something like that in the mac help application and do a keyboard shortcut you will get articles that do tell you all of the uh key combinations that's right not a lot of them i uh i mean some of them i just do unconsciously like deleting and stuff you know would be uh yep. command delete and uh and things like that so it looks like they've, they've really improved that to just you know put it on par with windows in that respect yeah, so and, keyboard and, away and it's great if you you know somehow don't have a mouse or your trackpad doesn't work or something or the batteries die in your wireless mouse anybody ever been there raise your hands <laughs> i sure have yeah. yeah. Uh, now, you, you pointed something out to me before we started the show. Uh, the, the, con, the control F2, or as John said, function control F2 if you're on a laptop, gets you to the menu bar. But control F3, or function control F3, gets you to the dock. And so that's a, uh, an easy way of launching those apps that you've got down there, too. Wow. Excellent little hint. It just keeps getting better. It gets better and better. But Brad had something to say. Uh, that's a whole different topic, and we're just going to go there. I think we're going to go there. Brad? Hi, uh, my name is Brad. I'm calling to leave a little bit of feedback concerning that gentleman on your latest show who, wanted to, who wasn't able to play podcast uh, sequentially. 
you mentioned using playlists, but one of the problems with playlists is that, at least with the smart playlists, you aren't able to get uh, already played podcasts out of the, the playlist. And I just wanted to leave a little bit of feedback on how to do that. You create a smart playlist, and uh, you make the first of the rules that it has to be a podcast. And then if you put the pod, or if, if for the next option, you put last played is not in the last 360 days or some obscenely high number, that'll uh, basically make every playlist or every podcast that hasn't been played in the last year not be in the list. So that way you're not getting... Uh, you're not, you're not getting podcasts that you've already listened to. Anyways, love the show. Just want to leave it all this feedback. Excellent. Thanks, Brad. That, that, that will definitely work. As will, I believe you can choose play count and you can just say zero. Uh, and that way it will, and, and, I, and it, will, it will do that, that same thing. Mm-hmm. Play count or the last play date is only updated when you actually finish. So if you're the type of person that hears the, the podcast starting to wind up, you know, at the last 10 seconds and you just hit next, it will not log it as played. Another interesting thing is, and, and one of our listeners pointed this out to me because they said, I'm glad they're smarter than we are. They are. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is great. This is my, this is the thing I love about podcasts is, is, is this whole back and forth thing. This is our show and, and not just John and I's show, but it's our show. You too. So one of, one of you pointed out to me that, wow, you know, Dave, you, you guys gave these instructions and they sounded like they would work and I play the podcast, but it doesn't play the next one. And, uh, and I said, well, I'm pretty sure it did. And so I went and recreated it. And I said, yeah, man, it does. No problem. He says, no, no, it doesn't. And then, I don't know, about 12 hours later, I got an email from him. And he says, ah, I figured it out. If shuffle is on, then it will not play the last, the next podcast. And I thought, really? And I tried it. And sure enough, he was mm-hmm. right. And then I noticed in every, in the uh, if you go to get info or you file get info or command I, or any given podcast or any given song in iTunes, if you go to the options tab, which currently is the third tab over, there's a little checkbox at the bottom that says skip when shuffling. And this is set automatically for every podcast. So you've got to either come in and uncheck these or turn off shuffle mode, which if you had a sequential playlist of podcasts, you'd probably want to turn off shuffle mode anyway, right? Because otherwise you'd get things out of order and you may or may not want that. So, uh, just, just to cover all your bases there. That's the, uh, that's the deal. That's the deal. You like that, John? You awesome. There? You, you're checking it out, aren't you? I'm with you. Uh-huh. Now, I was checking something else out here. This pledge. Yeah. The pledge. Oh yes, that's right. The, what? uh, <laughs> the folks at Apple matters, uh, Hadley Stern over at applematters.com published an article this week asking Mac users to take a pledge. And I think Ricky uh, alluded to this in his podcast this, this week too, uh, asking Apple users to or Mac users, Mac owners to take a pledge never to run windows on their Mac. Now, of course I, I've already admitted to, uh, to breaking this, this pledge. high crimes and mystery, <laughs> but uh, you know, his, his, his advice was, look, if you want to run windows buy a Dell or something else, but, uh, but, but don't, don't run it on your Mac because that will only encourage or discourage Mac developers or software developers in general from go ahead, going ahead and developing Mac software. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I like articles like that because they get people thinking and they get people talking. That's, that's actually one of my favorite kind of articles, especially being a, a, the publisher of 
of a you know Mac Observer. That's the kind of thing that's great. Uh, I can't say that I agree with uh, with Dear Hadley on this one, and he's a he's a good friend of mine. Uh, but uh, but it you know it's the kind of thing that that kind of makes you scratch your head and and think a little bit and and maybe even voice your opinion, and that is a beautiful thing. So freedom, brother. Freedom, brother. Yeah, you know, because I, the, the way I look at it, as long as it, it you know, uh, hardware is still a profitable business for Apple. Absolutely. I believe uh, it's their computers. most profitable business, is it not? Yeah, I don't know where they're at with the percentage of uh, income and revenue that comes from hardware, but it's it's yeah. it's up there. Yeah. I don't know. Last I saw was maybe about half and half split between the computing and the music products. Yeah. Which I don't know itself is pretty amazing that they've gotten to that point. I think they've got beyond that. Yeah, um, yeah you're probably right. Uh, we're going to skip a couple of these text questions here. There is one email I wanted to get to, but but first, since we're talking oh, I'm about... I'm sorry. No, the good okay. thing is, they sell hardware, and, and that helps Apple stay healthy, and they'll stay in business. So That's a good thing. They may not sell the machine and the OS, but just selling more hardware is, is good because it keeps Apple alive. So I'll disagree okay with you there, with though. Mm. I, I, I like the, the built-the-whole-widget approach. That that Frankly, that's the... Uh, that's the thing that's kept me with the Mac all these years. Uh, I mean, I, the, the result of that is what's kept me with the Mac all these years. Um, I, I like the fact that the, the same people that design the hardware design the OS, and it's so tightly integrated. That, that, that's the, to me, that's the beauty of the Mac. Do you disagree? I'm with you on that. Okay, good. Because <clears throat> if you weren't, yeah, I, be if you I, just, I just mute you now. No, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I'd much rather have OS ten users than... Uh, People running Windows on, on the machines. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just a nicer bunch of people, don't you think? In general, yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, it, so there was a uh, a post to the .Mac blog, and if you don't read this and you were a .Mac user, you should, talking about syncing .Mac on the web, and it actually works. You can get your bookmarks and your address books, and I think even your iCal calendars, directly from your dot mac login and any yeah. changes you make there sync back to your mac uh via you know dot mac syncing assuming you've got that turned on so uh yeah. it's actually, had, had, did you know about that already was this just news to me and I'm, I'm it just kind of happened i've i've always had it enabled yeah it's a it's really actually one of the really neat little little pieces yeah if you have dot mac set on a automatic yeah it's really kind of neat I, I i haven't seen windows approach that maybe for a certain specific application sure. just for syncing stuff among all your machines and you kind of don't know what's happening yep nor care um <laughs> dot mac and the syncing which is as it should be yeah you know, i shouldn't have to worry that it's you know doing i mean every now and then it'll it'll squawk when dot mac has a little hiccup right we're like right. oh no i can't sync but uh there you go um uh a couple other things i noticed on the web this week the uh the article, I'll put it in the show notes this week, the, the link to the article that talks about the different MacBook Pro serial numbers. We alluded to that last week, and there are some that Apple is actually doing a recall on. So there's an article that Jason O'Grady published over at PowerPage that details all of these. And one other thing, while we're in iTunes here, if you go to a podcast and go to Get Info, there is... Um, I'm sorry, not Get Info, but if you right-click on a podcast, you'll see a podcast episode you'll see a couple of new options here one of which says mark uh says do not auto delete and 
that way you can make it so that that particular episode does not get auto deleted when uh, when iTunes goes through and, and cleans up your your old podcast. And then the other is, of course, the add to playlist option, which is out there. And I believe those are both fairly new. I know the do not auto delete is. Get you out. You see that, John? That's not bad stuff, is it? Huh, look at that. Yeah, I don't right click on that that often. No, most people wouldn't. And I and I think that's the only place you would see that. Uh, I'm looking I'm looking to see if you see it anywhere else and you, it's not in any of the menus. That's it. Yeah, you know, iTunes I'm, I'm still waiting for like a revamp of the music store. Yeah. I think it's gotten a bit overloaded. Yeah, well, th- yeah, there's a lot that needs to be fixed there. We we won't even get into the the, the whole thing about how there needs to be a new way of finding podcasts cuz if any of you out there, you should probably know my sense of humor by now. Driving home from gigs, I like to listen to comedy stuff because it keeps me awake. And uh, I'd love to find some some podcasts that are funny that I could listen to, but I mm-hmm. can't. I, I mean, I don't know where to start looking. I, I honestly don't. This is this is where I know to start looking by begging you to tell me. That's it. That's all. I, that's all I can do. Beyond that, I'm just I'm at a loss. I'll I'll turn on talk radio or something. So please, or you know, if you want to leave us, uh, you know, a funny. Uh, you know, voice clip or uh, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Record your favorite joke. And, Actually, uh, you could do that. That'd be fine. I'll listen to that on the way back. Keep in mind, I usually have about an hour, so uh, you know, I don't know that I want to. Although, it keep me awake. You know, skipping through sixty different little funny comment tidbits, I might crash from not paying attention to the road. But I certainly wouldn't fall asleep. And then there, there was this last email that we got here, John. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it was uh, Allison wrote in and says prison walls coarse grass and rank weed straggled over the Jorkins is not a man to respond to a proposition of this peculiar Esquire junior and the lovely and accomplished Miss Helena oh hold me to your heart my husband never cast me out do not produce a flat folded paper parcel from which he took out with would play profound attention perhaps for five minutes when she I really had some fear of Mr. Micawber's dying on the spot you know is that like a Harlequin novel? Or? I'm not sure what that is. The heck was that? Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten the, you know. That's my favorite suspect, spam these days. I suspect that those go through the spam filters because it's, they don't yet have a gibberish score. Yes, it needs a gibberish score. That's right. Because that was, yeah. That's gibberish, man. That, that ranked up there. <laughs> so, usually I find other, other things with my, my filter's been picking up a lot more stuff lately. That's good. But it, it, it's gotten a lot better. It learns. That's good. Spam. Spam. All right. Hey. The band got louder. You let him in. I did. All right. Uh, So next week, probably go through more listener feedback because we've got a ton of it to, uh, to get through. We tried to touch on a little bit tonight but it's starting to pile up again so we'll sort of yeah we'll sort of send us more where, where yeah. would they send it they would they and by they i mean you them their listeners them their listeners would send it to MacGeekGab at macobserver.com or they could skype their audio comments into MacGeekGab, and there's quite a few of you using that now which is very good to see they can use the phone you know john the phone? It yeah. probably starts with 206 and then... 666 and then... Geek. Geek. Perfect. 206-666-GEEK will do Geek. it. Uh, <laughs> Podcast Alley Votes, we always appreciate. And we really like the reviews you write for us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. 
uh, our our sponsor, uh, rather our our, uh, our hosting is provided by Cashfly. And if you want to sponsor the show, get in touch with the folks, uh, our sales folks over at the Backbeat Media Podcast Network, and they will take care of you in a very very nice way. <laughs> I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for staying subscribed. Tell your friends. Thank you for being you. Don't forget about the AAC Enhanced Feed. It's a uh, it's a wonderful thing that Michael does. You'll get the uh, the links for the show notes probably sooner than you'll get them from me. So, yeah. good night, John. <laughs> <laughs>